0: Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather Kiros, and I'm the author and founder of First Century Youth Ministry. But if you want to learn about Jesus from his Jewish context and get better at discipleship in the 21st century, this podcast is for you. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. friends, before we hop into this episode, I just wanted to quickly remind you that this will be our last episode before we take a four-week break. And then Jonathan and I will relaunch the podcast for season three, bringing you all some awesome content every other week on Mondays, starting Monday, March the 6th. So, Make sure you catch up on all the episodes you haven't listened to during those four weeks, and we'll be planning and preparing and bringing you a great season. So, friends, enjoy this episode. Hey, friends. uh, Welcome back to the show. It's Heather here, and I've got Jonathan back on the show again. We had a great discussion about the festivals last week. If you didn't listen to that one, man, oh, man, you're missing out. You're going to learn something because this dude knows his Bible, and it was a really insightful conversation for me, and it really... Offered some really great foundational truth within the scriptures for why it would be a benefit for all of God's people to celebrate the festivals. and so welcome back to the show, Jonathan.
1: Thank you yes, yeah
0: yeah, for sure. and so, um so then, so Jonathan, we didn't really get to talk much about this last week as you really just unpacked for us um the beauty of the festivals and what we can gain by uh, practicing them. So you know, but we did discuss briefly kind of um, the reality that the Gentile church um, most Christians look at the festivals and they go "Mm, I don't know about that you know and there's a bit of a stigma about them that we almost want to like keep ourselves separate from that because that's a Jewish thing right and so how can we within the Christian community move towards removing that stigma removing that weirdness that we feel when it comes to practicing the festivals
1: yeah. Um, I mean, it's 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 a great question that I, I know I've I've seen a lot of people express, um, you know, I've had somebody pose the question to me before or it's like, well, I'm interested, but I don't want to do it wrong. I don't want to defend, you know, offend uh, my Jewish neighbor, you know, as I see him out, you know, preparing to keep festivals or, you know, setting up a, a, a booth, you know, a sukkah in his backyard because he's getting ready for for tabernacles. You know, I don't want to offend somebody. So how do I do it? Um, there's a lot of great resources out available right now um for learning more about it. But you know, we learn best by doing, sure. you know, ultimately. Um and if you had lived in ancient Israel at the time, you would have learned it because you would have grown up doing it. You know, there are our are, are community events, you would have learned it as a child, or when you moved into Israel, you would just see everybody doing it. It's just the thing. Sure. You know, it's just like now in in, you know, especially in America, but, but throughout much of the West, you know, Christmas time gets around and people just put up lights everywhere. Right, it's mm-hmm. just what you do. That's, that's right. just the expectation. Even people that aren't even religious, people that aren't aren't Christian, um, you know, they'll still do it. Why? Right? It's just sort of the cultural expectation. Well, that's how it was back then. So the, the first thing is, you know, how do I really get more into it? Is um, connecting with somebody else if you can. You know, if there's mm-hmm. a group nearby that does it. Uh, again, this is a community thing. Right mm-hmm. well, you got to work on building community. Um, and the other one is not to be afraid of asking questions. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have that, that Jewish neighbor and and he's out setting up that's so good, ask questions.. Yeah, um, A lot of times people are are afraid to offend somebody just over asking questions about things. And in my experience, that almost never happens. Hmm. you know I, I work uh, I work in the the financial industry and so I work with a very diverse group of people I work with uh, I have co-workers that are Hindu um I have co-workers that are you know various denominations uh, within the church whether that's Roman Catholic uh, Eastern orthodox um you know I, I work with a couple that are also Jewish you know so mm-hmm. we always wish each other you know uh Samayic, right happy feast when feast rolls around yeah um but i've I've learned a lot about other things just by asking people because when their festivals roll around you just ask questions, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the the stigma that we often have of, you know, well, that's it, but isn't that a Jewish thing is really only because we have continued to perpetuate that there needs to be this separation. Like Mm -hmm. Jewish things are other, Mm -hmm. right? They're, they're not Christian things. And largely a lot of that is a holdover from what the church has handed down through the centuries as it tried to distance itself away from Judaism. That's right. You know, New Testament and Jewish scholars alike are largely in agreement that for the first century maybe first couple centuries that the that the Christian movement uh was largely just a sect within Judaism. I mean even the Romans at the time were basically like look they, these are a bunch of Jews and we already know how they are but now they have this guy that they're they said we killed and now he, he's risen again and, yeah. and you know scholars generally agree um pretty well that originally this was just you know, a, a first century, second temple era Jewish movement. Wow. So part of it is, is reclaiming the heritage of the church itself. That's right. The church doesn't begin in Acts chapter two.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: church is the, the theological descendant of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And Paul lays a lot of the groundwork for that. And he says, look, if you are Christ's, you are children of Abraham. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to be afraid to say that these can also be ours. It's not that we're re- you know culturally appropriating the feasts. Right. Yeah. It's not stealing something that was that was Jewish. Right. Um, if you don't know how to do it, start learning more. Start asking sure. the questions. You know, you don't want to just start doing it and get it all wrong and and whatever. Um, but again, we, we have to start somewhere. And I think a That's large right. part of that is is recognizing that this has been historically part of the church's identity before mm-hmm. the church decided to not do it. And there are even today, um, Eastern Orthodox, for example. Uh, you know, Greek Orthodox uh, churches have on their calendar. You know, they have all sorts of church feasts and, and festivals to this saint and and that saint and these sorts of things and and different traditions and things that they that they keep up with. But they recognize the biblical festivals even still. Mm. Like if you if you go to a Greek Orthodox church, you'll see on their calendar they'll have uh, you know Easter and they'll have Passover. Mm. Like they they mark both. They don't yeah. observe it you know the Jewish way, the Hebrew yeah. way. But they they mark those days, and they will uh, even on their calendar um, they'll point it out. You know, I yeah. have a friend. I was actually a, a midwife for a couple of my kids, um, but she used to she was with a very small non denominational Christian uh, church group that kept the feast. And then she when she remarried, she married a man who um, was Eastern Orthodox, hmm. and she said one of the reasons that that really wasn't a problem for her was because she wanted to keep keeping the feast. And she was like, "And Eastern Orthodox, we do." Sure. We don't do it the same way. You know, we don't all go camping for eight days, right? Right. Um, so, but we do observe them. You know, there's mm-hmm. basically there's extra special services on those days, special readings uh, from a lectionary and such. So it, nice. it has been part of the church's identity, even if especially Western Christianity has really distanced itself from them.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, isn't that a terrible disservice? Like, I'm really starting to learn that as I'm starting to dig into these roots of the roots of my faith on my own is that, wow, what a terrible disservice we did by separating ourselves from the roots of our faith, because you miss so much of what God is communicating in the scriptures. You miss so much of what Jesus is communicating and understanding his words. And you miss so much out on understanding what community can look like in light of the festivals and the the blessings that you can receive by practicing them. So that kind of leads me to a question, you know, in light of of yourself practicing these festivals and, um, finding fulfillment from that, you know, what, what blessings or what goodness has come about in your life by, um, incorporating these into your life on a yearly basis?
1: You know, it, it's, it's a great question. I think first, because it is, it is theological in nature, which are my favorite kinds of questions. Um, but it's also practical, right? You know, I mean, we can get, philosophical and theological all day long. But at the end of the day, we have to ask, how does this affect my practice and application? What can I do with this? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that's, that's a big part of the feasts is doing. And, you know, I have, there's not, there's not been a year in my life that I haven't kept them. You know, my mom was Mm -hmm. raised, uh, keeping them. Um, and a large part of, uh, going back through them every year is, you know, you have set readings, from the Torah, certain readings from the prophets that we'll read every year. And every year you learn something new. Yeah. Right. Like Every year it's like, I've been doing this for decades now, and I've never noticed this right there in front of me. It's right here in Deuteronomy, but I've, I've just, I've never noticed that before. mm -hmm. Um, you know, so again, it it is a a practical thing to do. mm -hmm. Um, also, you know, we talk about, we want to be like Yeshua, right? We want to be like Jesus. How do we do that? Um, if, if we can say, oh, well, we should treat people with love, yes, mm-hmm. how do we do that? Mm-hmm. right What does love look like? And if we have we have two orientations that we have to keep up with that is our responsibility as believers. One is how we're oriented towards God, and the other is how we're oriented towards man. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about how do we love our neighbor, but also talk about how do we love God. And one mm-hmm. of the things is to understand that God has these days, like we said last time, right, the first piece is understanding that these are God's feasts. Right. He says these are the Lord's appointed times, he calls them. So they're his, not ours. So if he says, hey, this is, is mine, and here's how you're gonna do it, and here's how I want you to do it, the first thing is we should be able to uh to really delight in the fact that at, at the very least we're trying to worship mm-hmm. him and to serve him in a way that yeah. we know he wants us to do it. Right? Sure. So we, we can we can sort of you know get that that sense of am I doing this right or whatever, you know, and, and am I pleasing to the Lord? Mm-hmm. Um yes. Because yeah. he said to do these things, and, and we're doing them. So that's that's one piece of it. Um, like I said, the orientation towards God. It is a worshipful event if you've never uh, attended a festival service. There's yeah. a lot of traditional elements because the Torah doesn't tell you every single thing to do in observance of these days. So there's a lot of traditions within Messianic Judaism that are worked in. Um, but the traditions flesh out so much from it. Sure. Um, and the traditions, more often than not, also tend to relate to or foreshadow things within the new Testament, mm-hmm. you know, to use an example for Passover. Um, one of the traditions at Passover time is you, uh, you take the the unleavened bread, right, the matzah, and yes. one piece of it is, is taken away and it's covered and it's hidden. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, later on in the service, then the, you, you send the children out and they go play, you know, hide and seek basically, and they have to go find it. And then whoever wins gets to ransom it back. They get to say, I want $50 or, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, but they have to like, you know, whoever's leading the Seder, usually the the rabbi, um, but whoever's leading the the Passover has to, you know, buy it back, back
0: from the child. Mm, and we
1: wow. laugh and it's great fun. The kids get engaged, you know, but if you stop and think, like, okay, well, this was the 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 broken piece yeah. of unleavened, you know, sinless spread that yep. was wrapped in cloth and hidden away. Mm-hmm. Right. And then mm-hmm. it was brought back and it had to That's be right. ransomed. That's right. Right. I mean, yeah. there's so many Messianic pictures or so many yes. images of Christ in the Passover service that you don't see and you don't really get to connect with until you actually take part in it.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely and, true. And one
1: of the things is, is, you know, you, there's a certain level you connect with on the the side of Jewish tradition mm-hmm. where, you know, it really it does it does a good service, I think, for people, individuals um, but there's a whole other realm there that you you connect with as a believer, really understanding. Not only is it you know I want I want to do these because Christ did them and I want to be like Him, mm-hmm. but also they're all about Him. Yes, right. I mean, yeah. he he died at Passover, he ascended right. at First Fruits, he sent yep. the Holy Spirit at at Shavuot or or, or Pentecost. Yeah. So it's like these are so important that he the most most important dates in history yeah right death burial resurrection and ascension and Mm -hmm. the the giving of the holy spirit these things were marked by making sure he could have done them on any day there's 365 options there that's right but he chose the appointed times of god and so that's the first half that's the spring Mm -hmm. so how much more then should we still be observing the fall festivals i don't i don't think he's gonna say well i did the first half let's not worry about the second yeah i'm not gonna come back on those
0: fall festivals no no no
1: exactly yeah Um, so you- I want to be connected to them because I want to be connected to him. Yeah. And again when we talk about practice it's the things not just that we believe but that we actually experience that we do because we are still physical creatures mm-hmm. um living in a physical world we have to be concerned not with right not just with right belief do I believe the right things about it but also right practice are we doing the right things with it.
0: That's good. So then where would a person if there's a person listening who is like man I don't even know where to start. Yeah I know you said You know, just kind of ask questions, um, find people who are practicing, and and maybe learn from them. I think is what you kind of alluded to earlier. But what where can a person start?
1: So, uh, if if possible, I I usually recommend people to find you know Messianic synagogue nearby. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm pretty blessed here in the the Dallas Fort Worth area. There's about half a dozen um, within an hour's drive of me. Uh, There's a a very large uh, Messianic Jewish community here. Um, thousands uh, of believers spread across the the metroplex here that's cool. um, but the area that i moved from in the chattanooga tennessee you know, east tennessee area there's in chattanooga there's almost none mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's it's it greatly varies by geographic location um, mm-hmm. so my first recommendation is always to find a messianic synagogue and go in and, and just inquire you know sure. go in and visit go in and, and meet people and network uh, fellowship that's what we're commanded to do, right? We're supposed to be doing that, mm-hmm. um, and then especially at festival time, you know, you'll, you'll again, we we learn by doing, right? We we learn best by actually participating. We can commit all the the intellectual, um, uh, commit to all the intellectual, you know, intake that we want, and, and reading about it and learning about it, and that's the first step. We have to be able to do it. Um, for a lot of people, though, like I said, there's a lot of areas that that's not an option for you. Sure. Um, so there are some some resources at the very least to to get started with. Um, there's a couple books. Uh, David Wilber wrote, I think, one of the most uh, concise ones on that because it's a, a gri- it's a guide for Christians for keeping the biblical feasts. Right? It's it's the whole point. A very small book. And the whole point is basically just to understand what each of these different days are and why they should be important to you and how can you get started with that.
0: Yeah, we so, actually had David on the show. He's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. David's a good guy. Um, so that's also- a really good resource uh, to yeah. learning about it. And then the other one is, you know, if possible. Try to connect with some people on social media. You know, again, if you don't have have anybody nearby, Um, but just like anything else on the internet, you know, it's, it's a a double-edged sword because there's some, there's some craziness out there as
0: well. Everybody's always got, it seems like, can I trust that person? Hmm." But you can trust us at First Century Youth Ministry. Yay. So, um, but also I, you know, when Jonathan and I were talking a few weeks ago, you, I thought you offered some great practical advice of just start by getting a Jewish calendar. And, uh, and keeping track of the feast days in, in, in line with, you know, the Gregorian calendar. And so, you know, I think you, what was it tree of life Institute or something like that? What was that?
1: Yeah. Tree of life Bible society.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You had mentioned that they had some good Bibles and good calendars. If people wanted to check that out, they might have some good resources as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing is just to be aware of when they happen. You know, we talk about spring feasts and fall feasts, but you know that's 3 months out of the year for one and 3 months out of the year for the other you know so yeah. one is just just being aware um if mm-hmm. you have uh I don't know if android does or not I know for iPhone you can add a you can add a Hebrew calendar and so like on on my phone if i you know unlock my lock screen it'll say tuesday november 15th but then it'll also say the 21st of cheshvan nice. seven eighty three. so you know just doing things like that to kind of to kind of acclimate yourself to it it does feel foreign yeah. right um it does feel weird mm-hmm. but that's because we grew up without it. Sure, you know it's just like if if you've never heard Hebrew or Greek spoken before, mm-hmm. and you were to sit down in a church service and somebody starts speaking that language, you go, "Oh, that's that's weird. I don't I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what that means." And yet, those are the languages that Scripture itself was actually given to us in. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it feels foreign to us. But that's not because the thing itself has, you know, there's anything wrong with it. It's just because sure. it's, it's not not what we've been inculturated with. Absolutely.
0: I remember I went through a major swing change in college. I played college and go- golf in college. And when I went to college, I went through a major swing change. And it felt so wrong and it felt so awkward, but I trusted my coach, right? And eventually my swing changed. It got better and it wasn't awkward anymore. And it's it's the same thing, right, that we're talking about here is that As Christians who haven't been practicing the festivals, it's going to feel a little awkward at first, but eventually over time, it's going to become part of our rhythm and then it's going to, it's going to bring blessing and it's going to be good. And so it's it's like, it's
1: like physical exercise. You know, if you want to get stronger, you work out and what you're doing is breaking down a muscle Mm -hmm. uh, and then building it back up. Yeah. So you get to that first stage, you know, like I'm sore. You have this lactic acid built up. Yeah. I don't feel okay. I'm tired. This is not boosting my energy levels. This doesn't make me feel stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's that that weird stage. But you keep at it because you know that hey, this is actually good for me. You yeah. know, same thing with the diet. A lot of times you start the diet and you're like, oh, I feel so sick. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you keep at it because your body's not used to it. We get That's acclimated right. to it. Yeah. And and this is this a lot of this is is largely the same way. You we start taking it in. You mm-hmm. start learning you start doing and -hmm. it becomes part of, of who we are.
0: Yeah, that's good. This has been a fun discussion, Jonathan, and I hope that it um, sparks some interest in some listeners as you know, maybe you're wondering how does this connect with my youth ministry? Well, as you grow as an individual, hopefully you can share these truths and share the blessings that you receive from it with others within your congregation. And maybe, who knows, maybe start practicing some of these festivals with your students so that they can see the goodness of Jesus within the festivals and rejoice in Him and rejoice who God is uh, together. So, Jonathan, thanks again for sure. joining us. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. As I say, if I could, you know, just a couple of seconds sure. on that. Yep. Um, Especially in, in terms of, of youth ministry too. You know, a lot of times as you're you're trying to lead and direct um, a group of people, especially younger people, um, you tend to struggle with how do people connect with this. You know, we talk about theology. It can be really difficult because, you know, I can talk about theology all day, but my kids don't really care that much. Right. They may have some interesting questions, but it's they don't really connect with it on a certain level. Um, One of the one of the great strengths, I think, as of actually observing the festival days is the fact that it's so interactive. Mm -hmm. There's so much to do. There's so much that you're actually implementing. This isn't just, you know, sit down and listen to a lecture and I'll tell you about it, right? Give you this theological knowledge. But Mm -hmm. it's it's practical. You can practice this and you can see. It's like built-in object lessons. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, you eat the unleavened bread. That's an object lesson. That's right. Right. You know, you uh, you you set up a, a temporary shelter for the Feast of Tabernacles. That's an object lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, this this mm-hmm. is a temporary shelter. And we're waiting on the time when when God dwells with us again. You know, Amen. each of those are a great way to to bridge the gap, to to really be able to impart strong and important life lessons and theological truths that are on even such a a, a kind of easy to understand physical level that I think it really does make sense for a youth context.
0: That's great, Jonathan, because I'm telling you, and Mark and I used to talk about this all the time is whenever you can attach a physical object to something, people are always going to remember it more so than if you didn't. And that's why the rabbis taught with vivid imagery and always had different um, things that they could attach to their world, to their environment that was around them so that people could understand the spiritual truth that they were communicating. And so, yeah, there's so much benefit all around to, practicing the festivals for your life so i'm 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 sold i'm gonna start doing it i just gotta get my husband on board but um it's great yeah That's great. so yeah but jonathan thanks again for joining us for the first century youth ministry podcast it's been a blessing to have you on and uh, if anybody has questions they want to dialogue more with jonathan just shoot him a, a message there in the group and we can get a, a chat going on the first century youth ministry facebook page and we'd be happy to Um, dialogue with you more and keep learning from Jonathan so Jonathan thanks again for joining us and friends we'll catch you next time bye thanks for having
1: me